Well, hello, Parkview. How are we doing? We good? Good. Oh, I'm so glad you've made the choice to be here uh, this weekend. And uh, as you can see, as you've heard, uh, we are continuing this series uh, called At the Movies. And today we're going to be bouncing off of this Ghostbusters movie into a study in the Bible uh, about the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the latest Ghostbuster movie, uh, but I took my family uh, to see this movie just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I'll, I'll be totally honest with you, um, I, I really didn't want to see it. I didn't have any desire to see it, but when we got there and I'm sitting in the theater, it was actually very uh, funny, the, the female, they're all female leads, uh, as, as you can see, which is fantastic. I have nothing against females, of course. Uh, I'm married to one, and uh, so I'm pro-female, I'm pro uh, and, and they, they were hilarious, and I thought the movie was good. Now, uh, I'm not necessarily saying you should pay to go see it, but if someone pays for you... Um, Maybe it would be worth it, uh, or somebody gave it to you for a gift uh, later on on DVD or something, that would be fine. Uh, this, is, this movie is okay, but of course it doesn't hold a candle really to the original Ghostbusters movie with Dan Aykroyd, uh, Bill Murray. Uh, I'm not sure if you know the timeline of this, but the original movie came out in 1984. 1984, it's been a long time ago, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I think I was in junior high still during that time. Uh, this movie uh, cost about $30 million to make. It made over $300 million, so it was huge. It was a huge, huge success. And in both of these movies, uh, the Ghostbusters movie, the, the tension is really this idea of the spiritual world clashing with our physical world and, and the supernatural. And in the movie, it's kind of funny and slimy and silly. But the question that we have to ask today is this, about the supernatural world. If we could see beyond our humanness, is there really like principalities and powers around us? Is, is there ghosts, or, or better said, is there spirits all around us in this world? And, and if there are, what do they do? And do they actually inhabit people? And if they do, how's that work? Uh, in, in the movies, these ghosts get into people, these spirits get into people, but also in the very first movie, uh, the Ghostbusters will trap these spirits in these boxes, and that's kind of where they live. They live in these boxes that the Ghostbusters carry around with them. So I want us to kind of get in the idea of these spirits inhabiting things and being trapped and living in things. And so I'm going to ask you for about the next 30 seconds or so to watch this clip from the original Ghostbusters. And while you're watching that, I'm going to like rush over and change out of this because it's incredibly hot and I don't think I can preach in this for the next 25-30 minutes so watch this clip and pray for me okay so watch this Yeah, so there you go. In, in the first uh, movie I had about 7 people pulling that off me back there by the way. So that was fun. Um and in the first movie, these ghosts, these spirits are trapped and they live inside these little uh, canisters. In the latest Ghostbusters movie, the spirits get an upgrade in accommodations, if you will, especially as far as the ladies are concerned. Uh, these ghosts, these spirits begin to inhabit the body of a guy named Chris Hemsworth. 
And uh, he's kind of a hunk, so uh, take a moment and watch this clip from the newest movie. Again, in the movies, the whole spiritual world and physical world, and, and these spirits inhabit uh, these different people in the movies. And, and so here's uh, the, the thing today. Uh, in the same way this happens in the movies, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God also inhabits, moves into, begins to live in people. And here's the thing. We don't talk about this a lot in church. We don't spend a whole lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit and where and how it works and how the Holy Spirit moves into our lives. And listen, I know there's all kinds of different ways that we have grown up and there's different beliefs about the Holy Spirit and that sort of thing and where and when. And so we just don't talk about it a lot. But the question is, how does that work? And when the Holy Spirit moves into us, when does that happen? And and what does the Holy Spirit do? And do we have like part of the Holy Spirit or all of the Holy Spirit? And so that's where we want to head today and bounce off of this movie into a study of the Holy Spirit of God. And to kind of help us understand this, I've been trying to think of how to, how to uh, explain the Holy Spirit in us. And so here's, here's how I want to get us going on that. I brought with me today a little uh, bottle of water. And this isn't just regular old Water. This is kind of a, a special kind of water. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what kind of water is in here. And then when I count to three, I want you to tell a neighbor sitting right next to you what type of water you think is in this bottle. Because it's not just regular old uh, water. So uh, I, I'm going to count to three, and then you just tell somebody out loud what type of water, what kind of water is in this bottle. Here we go. On the count of three, one, two, three. All right, yeah, some of you said shower or bath water. No, that's gross. That's not what it is. Uh, this is actually ocean water. If, if, if you said ocean, uh, you are correct. This is actually more specifically water from the Pacific Ocean. And, and just to make sure you believe me, here's me just a couple of nights ago uh, down near my house uh, at the pier filling this little bottle with water from the Pacific Ocean. And so I'm so excited uh, to bring this to you this weekend, Parkview, I, I declare to you right now, this is the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? Yeah, and like 19 of you are clapping, and the others of you are going, well, Todd, okay, 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 Here, here's the deal, that's pretty cool, but that's, that's like not all of the Pacific Ocean. And, and you're right, I know, it's not all of the Pacific Ocean, but it's all. Pacific Ocean, right? Of course, it's not all of the Pacific Ocean, but it's all Pacific Ocean, 100% pure Pacific, undiluted Pacific Ocean. And the reason I bring this up, and I want you to see this as we're studying today, just sitting on the edge of the table, is because we're talking about the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible is clear that if you and I repent of our sins, if we turn back towards God, if we give our life to Jesus Christ, if we're baptized into him, then we have God living in us. Now, do we have all of God? Do you have all of God in you? No, you don't have all of God in you. There's still plenty of God to go around. There's plenty of God for all of you and you and also me. I mean, you don't have all of God living in you, but what you have in you is all God. 100% pure high-octane, holy spirit living in 
you. I love the way Paul says this in the Bible. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? I think if Paul was here today with his Parkview, he would say, listen, Parkview, listen, do you understand that God doesn't live like in a room like this in, in Orland Park? God doesn't live out in our campus in Homer Glen. God doesn't live in Homer Glen. We're getting ready to have a new campus out in New Lenox, amen? That's going to be exciting. It's being built. But we aren't putting up signs like, hey, guess what? Around Christmas time, God's coming to New Lenox. He's moving in. You're going to be able to visit him visit on Saturdays and Sundays. It's going to be amazing. He's going to be in the building there. No, no, no. Listen, God will be in New Lenox, but the reason he'll be in New Lenox is because we will be in New Lenox and he will live there through us. Amen? That, that's just the way that works, and that's how that happens. God lives in you and in me. And, and the Bible says when God gets in us by the power and by the presence of his Holy Spirit, that is always going to, we are always going to see some kind of power in our lives. Everybody say power. All throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible, there's instances of the Holy Spirit bringing power to people. Whenever the Holy Spirit comes upon someone, begins to live in them, there's power, kind of like in the movie, there's power going out all over the place. That's kind of what happens in our life. There's different ways that happens. And, and I'm not going to read to you dozens and dozens of places, but let's look at just a few places in the Bible that talk about this. Old Testament, this is a guy named Samson, you know him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore apart the lion with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done so that he has such power come on them that he can tear apart a, a lion with his bare hands of course you don't tell your mom about that that's scary <laughs> Samuel this is a guy uh, who is anointing David young David as king so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers and from that day on the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power there's some sort of power that came on to young David's life when, when the Holy Spirit began to move into him. New Testament, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. What about this? And you will receive power. This is the very first Christians. This is the church was just starting in the book of Acts. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's always power associated with the Holy Spirit. And then finally, this is a message that Paul gives to all Christians. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self discipline whenever the spirit of god whenever it gets inside of us there's always going to be power somehow in our lives and the question maybe we could ask today is this what does that look like how does god then display and dispense his power in everyday lives like you and me what evidence should we see in our lives if you're following after jesus you've given your life to him maybe you're not sure if the holy spirit's there or not 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 sure how to recognize the holy spirit in your life or not what kind of evidences should you see in your life that show you that god has taken up residence in you that's what i want to share with you today several of these things if you're taking notes the very first thing is this the holy spirit brings power to act with boldness should bring power into your life from time to time to act 
with boldness. Several years ago, I was preaching in Southern California. I had finished my message for the weekend, and I was taking my notes in a little binder down to the beach, which I would often do so I could just study through them and kind of pray through them and meditate on them and that sort of thing. And I'm sitting down there in the beach in Santa Monica or somewhere like that. There's lots of other people on a Saturday afternoon down there. I'm sitting on a beach towel. There's several other beach towels near me. Uh, Several of them are open. But then on one of the beach towels, there's this little kid, maybe elementary age, second grade, third grade, super cute little kid, just sitting there all by himself, got kind of like stringy blonde hair, just super blue eyes. And I'm looking over at this kid thinking, man, what, what a cute, cool kid. And I wonder whose kid this is. And man, he's, he's just, you know, so cool. And so then I'm looking around at some other, you know, people and stuff like that. And I start, I glance back over at the kid. And as I glance at him, I see that he's like making really weird faces. Like, at, at, at me, it looks like. And I'm thinking, well, he's, you know, of course he's not doing that. I mean, I'm an adult, you know, and that would not be right for him to do. And so I look around, like, who's he making these faces at? And I don't see anyone else around that he's making faces at. And so I look right back at him again, like, like straight at him. And he starts, like, you know, sticking out his tongue and going, like, yeah, you know, and, that. and I'm like, hello? I mean, that's completely, I mean, the, the, he's not nearly as cute as I thought he was, by the way. You know, about 30 seconds ago, this kid's completely disrespectful, and I'm an adult, and what's he doing? And, and I just, I know, I keep looking away, and I look back, and he's making all these faces and weird gestures at me, and so I'm getting fired up. And I'm just, it's no kidding, I'm just about ready to, like, stand up and move over towards this kid and figure out who this disrespectful kid belongs to and just as I'm getting ready to stand up I luckily I notice walking up the beach toward us this huge man with like the largest surfboard that's been made in the world and 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 he's got tattoos all over his body and you know they say things like I hate people and and that sort of stuff like all over him and and he walks up and he and he sits right down beside this little boy he's sitting on a full-size beach towel it it looks like he's sitting on a washcloth when he sits on it he's huge and I'm thinking to myself I I remember just starting to laugh (laughs) and I say you know what (laughs) that's how that stinking kid could be so bold he knew who was sitting by him. He knew who was right there with him, and it gave him this boldness. And you know what? The Bible says the same thing. When you and I realize who's with us, when we realize who's inside of us, who's traveling with us, who's living with us, it gives us a holy boldness in our lives. Maybe it kind of looks like this kid sitting here with the elephant, just, you know, like, what can you do to me? I'm traveling around with this elephant. You know, I'm all good. In the Bible, again, there's all kinds of stories and places where The Holy Spirit gives boldness to people to speak and to lead. I want us to read a section of scripture from the book of Acts, chapter 4. It's a guy named Peter. If you know this guy, uh, Peter and his buddy John here, uh, they've gotten in trouble because they've healed a guy. And the religious leaders don't like that, so they've called them in and they're questioning them and giving them a hard time. And, And Peter is the same guy who just a few years earlier was just a regular old fisherman, okay? This is just a normal guy. Just a few weeks earlier than what we're gonna read, he's the one who denied Jesus three times. He was, he was kind of like a coward, but, but not anymore. Look at what happens. Acts chapter four, verse eight. Then Peter, this is the key, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, 
rulers and elders of the people. We are all being called into account here today for an act of kindness shown to a crippled and ask how he was healed. Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. That's pretty bold. Hey, you guys did this. You guys are the ones who killed him, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the capstone. And then I love this. Peter says, salvation, listen to this, all you folks, all you religious people, salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And when they saw the, the courage and the boldness of, of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled and they were ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. When you and I have the Holy Spirit come into us, there's always this boldness in our life. And, and listen, Parkview, I don't know where all of you are headed in the next few days or the next week or even in the next month, but I, I bet this, I bet there's gonna be a moment coming up in your life at, at school, as you students are getting ready to head back to school or at work for some of you, when you're gonna need this, this boldness to speak to somebody around you. And it's, it's not to like put somebody in their place or, you know, be, be a butt to them necessarily. That's not what this is all about. It's to be bold and to be able to share what God is doing in your life and what God is doing in this world. The Holy Spirit can give you. That should be an evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we're willing to stand up. And a lot of times the Holy Spirit, how many of you know this, will give you the words you need to say when you need the words. He doesn't really give you. He doesn't empower you before you're at that place and point where you need it. But that's one of the evidences of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Here's another one if you're writing down some notes. The Holy Spirit brings power to obey promptings. Power to obey promptings. In the Bible, again, Scripture says, uh, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives promptings to his people. And what that means is that, that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, kind of whispers whispers to the hearts of his people he gives us leadings in our lives and and i know that when we start talking about the voice of god and the promptings of god and the leadings of god in our lives listen i know this is mysterious and and mystical and all those sorts of things i'm not sure where this is all this fits into your theology and and how you were raised and that sort of thing but listen listen parkview doesn't it doesn't it seem just true that if god if God is going to live in us, if we have high-octane God living inside of us, that he'll want to also speak to us, that he'll want to guide us and, and, and listen to our and, and whisper to us. And some of you are saying, he doesn't necessarily whisper to me. I mean, he smacks me is what he does. Uh, but but it, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that he would want to lead you? And, he, and I would say he does. And, and I also would want to say this, that when it comes to the promptings of God in our lives, there's no such thing as small promptings and big promptings. Only obedience. No such thing as small promptings and big promptings because who are you or who is it for you or I to say that the moment we're involved in is big or small? I mean, we don't know the future, right? We don't know the scope 
of our momentary obedience and what God's calling us to do based on his long-term strategy in someone's life or in this world. And you just never know when God asks you to do something, even though it may seem small, how he's going to trickle that out into other people's life in that leading and that prompting. Several years ago, I was at a conference and I heard this guy named Lee Strobel speak. Maybe you know who Lee Strobel is. He, he's a pastor these days and he's written several great books. Uh, but many years ago, uh, he wasn't a believer a- at all. He didn't know Jesus at all. In fact, he was against Jesus. He was a journalist actually here in the city of Chicago. Uh, he worked at the Chicago Tribune uh, for many years. Again, wasn't a Christian at all, wasn't a believer at all, but was a very successful journalist. About midway through his career, he left the Chicago Tribune and went to another place, another paper to work. And while he was at this other place, he came to know Jesus. He became a Christian and began to follow after him and listen to God's leadings in his life. And, and the way Lee tells the story is that when that happened, he kept feeling this leading from God that he needed to go back to the Chicago Tribune where he had worked all those years. He he wasn't supposed to go back there, he felt like, necessarily to work, but he had a friend there who was a close friend who didn't know God, who didn't know who Jesus was. And he kept getting these promptings, he kept getting these feelings in his life, and and he said he kind of ignored them for a long time. God would speak to him, you know, and tell him you need to do this, and and he would say, no, you know, have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like God was telling you to do something? You're kind of like, no, I don't think, maybe that's just me, or maybe I'm making this up, and and so you kind of push God aside. That's what he did for a long time. And then finally he realized, you know what, I I just got to do this. God is telling me to do it. So So he did, he made the appointment. He goes to the Chicago Tribune that day. Uh, He goes in and he sits down uh, across the desk from his friend. And what he didn't realize was that the whole office area where his friend worked was under construction. I mean, it was just a wreck. There's people working all over the place. It's loud. It's dusty. It's chaotic. And and Lee's like, you know what? Who cares? God brought me here. I'm going to just go for it. And so he just begins to tell him about Jesus and everything that God's doing in his life. And he just lays it out there. And Lee says he's speaking to this guy, you know, for 30 or 40 minutes, just puts everything out there. And when he's done, he looks across the desk at his friend. And Lee says that his friend is completely unmoved. Completely unmoved by this huge story of what God has done. And he just kind of says, well, hey, you know, thanks for coming and I'm not sure why you're here exactly. He's not moved by the story. He doesn't want Jesus in his life. He doesn't want to hear anything more about it. And so Lee leaves the building and he starts kind of thinking, you know, what was that about God? You ever been there? Your God uses you to do something or you think you're supposed to do something and nothing comes out of it. And you're like, well, God, did I mishear you? What's going on with that? That's kind of what happened to Lee. Months go by and he doesn't hear anything. Fast forward a year later, Lee's walking around in the lobby of the church that he's at and this guy comes up to him and says hey are you Lee uh, Strobel and he says yeah and he said I just wanted to shake your hand and and I wanted to say thank you for leading me to Jesus and Lee says well you're you're welcome and thank you for saying that but I'm I'm sorry I'm, I'm not sure this sounds weird but I'm not sure if I even remember you did we talk in a coffee shop or on an airplane or something like that and Lee said no 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 no. or the guy said no 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 uh, it, it happened uh, maybe a year or so ago I was working with a bunch of my buddies at the Chicago Tribune 
rebuilding an office area and you came in and, and it was loud and crazy and you sat down across from somebody who I'm guessing was your friend and you just let him have it. You just started sharing Jesus with him like a crazy. And I have no idea what really happened with him. But the whole time you were talking, what you didn't know is I was down on my hands and knees only about 10 feet behind his desk laying tile on the floor. And as you begin to talk and share all those things, I set aside my tools and I just begin to listen to what you were saying. And those words you shared that day about Jesus, they changed my life. Later on that night, I went home and I got down on my knees and I accepted Jesus and my life has never been the same. Listen, Parkview, you and I never know. You and I never know the power that is there in obeying the little promptings of God and the Holy Spirit in our lives, amen? You just don't know. And there's no such thing as a big prompting or little prompting. God may be asking you this weekend to send a text message to somebody saying that you're praying for them. God may be asking you to give somebody a car. Both of those things can change somebody's life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's, that should be an evidence in our life. If you have the Holy Spirit, if you have God speaking and, and giving you little promptings, that's evidence of the activity that God has taken up residence in you. And I don't know about you, Parkview, but I'll tell you this. I, I want to be, be a part of a Holy Spirit-powered church. That's what I'd be. I'm 46 years old, for crying out loud. Yeah, you too? Great. That's awesome. I, I, I don't want to be a part of a place that's just all our own giftedness and our own slickness and ingenuity and creativity. I want to be a part of a people who are plugged into the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, where we're all coming together telling stories about what God did and what God's doing and how he's using me in our lives and how he's using you. And that's, that should be something that we see on a fairly regular basis if we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Now here's one other thing that I want to share with you. This is huge. This is so important. Something we don't really often talk about that's an evidence of the Holy Spirit and that is that the Holy Spirit brings the power of understanding. The power of understanding. All of these promptings, of course, boldness, of course, but also the power of understanding. And the Bible, you know this, most of you probably do, the Bible that you have with you or on your smartphone or your tablet, it was written uh, by God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in these people who have written this, this book. And th that's how this happens. And, and I want to say this, if you understand Parkview, you individually, not you as a group, if you as you're sitting here today understand this book, that is a sign and a gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. One of the biggest purposes of the Holy Spirit coming inside of us is to help us understand and live out the Word of God. And again, this is not something we talk about or study a whole lot. Let me read to you a section of Scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 11. It says, No one can really know what anyone else is thinking or what he is really like except that person himself. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And God has actually given us his spirit, not the world's spirit, to tell us about the wonderful free gifts of grace and the blessing that God has given to us. 
In telling you about these gifts, we have even used the very words given to us by the Holy Spirit, not words that we as men might choose. So we use the Holy Spirit's words to explain the Holy Spirit's facts. Verse 14, this is huge. But the man who isn't a Christian can't understand, can't accept these thoughts from God, which the Holy Spirit teaches us. They sound foolish to him. Because only those who have the Holy Spirit within them can understand what the Holy Spirit means. Others just can't take it in. But the spiritual man has insight into everything. And that bothers and that baffles the man of the world who can't understand him at all. The Holy Spirit gives us insight into the word of God. And just to be clear, so there's no confusion on what happens around Parkview or something like that on a weekend like this. When, when I am teaching on a weekend or when Pastor Tim or whoever is teaching on a weekend, if you're sitting there and you all of the sudden get it, if, if light bulbs go off and you're like, you know what, that, that what you're saying, it makes sense to me. I understand it. I get it. I want you to know that the reason you get it is not because I have chosen just the right words. It's not because Pastor Tim's chosen just the right words or the perfect illustration or the perfect story or something like that. It's evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. One of the most powerful purposes of the Holy Spirit is to illuminate our minds and give us understanding into the word of God. And, and maybe if you're taking notes, I would say it like this. You must have the Spirit of God to understand the truths of God. And maybe right now you're thinking, well, Todd, I, I get that, and you've got to have the Spirit of God to understand the truths of God, and I kind of understand the things you're reading, but maybe some of you are arguing with me in your mind right now because I know that's what we do a lot of times on, on a weekend. And, and you're thinking, well, Todd, I get that, but, but here's the thing. I think I understand everything you've said today. And I don't know that I necessarily have the Holy Spirit. I don't know that I've necessarily repented or been baptized. I don't know that I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me, but yet I understood all, you know, the stories about the kids and the whole thing from Acts and, and all that other stuff. I, I think I understood all that. And, and here's what I would say, and, and you could write this down maybe as well, and that is that you may grasp the information, but you will not experience the transformation. And there's a big difference there. The, the whole truth of this book, the whole truth of the Bible is more than just hearing it on a Saturday or Sunday. It's living it on a Monday. Amen? Anybody can come together on a weekend and hear the truth of the Bible on a Saturday or Sunday. But living it out on a Monday, that's different. That requires the Holy Spirit and that transformation in our lives. And maybe for some of you, this is kind of where a lot of angst and frustration could come together, and this could put some pieces together even in your Christian life because you wouldn't want to say this out loud. You wouldn't want to admit this to anybody here uh, uh, this weekend, uh, but you would say, Todd, the truth is when it comes to me in the Christian life, I'm kind of like at the end of my rope almost. I mean, I'm here, I'm, I'm at church, I know that's where I should be, but here's the truth, Todd. I kind of feel like I'm like failing at the Christian life. I feel most weeks like I'm kind of flunking out on the Christian life and I've been around church for months or I've been around church for years and I still, I just, I feel like I can't pull this off anymore. I feel like I need to throw in the towel. I just, I can't do this. I can't pull this off. And if you feel that way at all today here, 
I think what God would say is God would look down at you and he would say, guess what, I know. I know you can't pull it off. And guess what, I'm not asking you to pull off the Christian life. God would say, I'm not asking you to live the Christian life. I'm asking you to allow my spirit to come inside of you and then live his life through you. That's what the Christian life looks like. Parkview, did you know this? The the Christian life, it really isn't difficult. Did you know that? It's not. The Christian life really isn't difficult. Check this out. You know what the Christian life is? The Christian life is impossible. It's not difficult. It's impossible without the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. You can't pull it off on your own. I can't pull it off on my own. God never intended for us to. God wants to live inside of us. And my fear is that what happens in churches all across the United States, and even right here at Parkview, on on just a regular old weekend, is is this, that that thousands and thousands of people come into a place like this, and and we get all inspired by the music, because the music is, is awesome, right? I mean, our music team and the lights and the sounds, like you can feel it, and you're like, man, they are unbelievable. And so you just get all inspired, and then a message comes, and the message is like, you know, you get convicted, and you get challenged, and you're like, man, that was a great message. I feel so challenged. And, and here's what happens. A lot of times between the music and the message, by the time we're done, you get ready to walk out of here, and you say, you know what? This week... I'm doing it. I'm so going to do it. I'm going to live out this Christian life. I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more gentle. I'm going to be more patient if it kills me. Right? And for a lot of you, it nearly does, right? And, and, and here's, the, here, here's the reason. Because you can't do that on your own. You can't pull that off on your own. You can't be more kind and more gentle and more loving and more patient and more good. You know what the Bible calls all of those things? It says that all of those things are the fruit of the what? Spirit. Everybody say spirit. They're the fruit of the spirit, right? They're not the fruit of the person who was born in a Christian home. No, that's great. That's not what it says. And it's not the fruit of a person who comes to Parkview two out of four weekends a month, although that could be great. That's not what it is. It's the fruit of the Spirit living through you. And so here's the next step, Parkview. If you want something to take out of here today, let the Holy Spirit live in you. It sounds simple, but just make a decision. That's what you're going to do. I'm let the Holy Spirit live in you and again I know there's all kinds of things that we believe about the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit comes and how the Holy Spirit comes and what the Holy Spirit does hopefully today has been a good study on that and and I'm not a person to put you know to say here's when God gives you the Holy Spirit and here's what the Holy Spirit does I'm not a person to put God in a box amen I think God can do God can give his Holy Spirit when he wants where he wants how he wants that's God can do what God's going to do okay I'm not I'm not that kind of person but I'll tell you this God says clearly the Bible says clearly in Acts chapter 2 verse 38 if you want God to begin to live in you here's what you do Peter's talking to thousands of people and he says you need to repent and you need to be baptized So repent is to turn away from your sins and to be baptized, you know, is to picture with your life what Jesus did on the cross, being buried in the tomb and raised again to a new life. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
of this you can be sure. It doesn't say and repent and be baptized and then you, you might you might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit or repent and be baptized and then you know about half the time, about 50-50, we're not sure how it works exactly, about 50-50, sometimes people get it, sometimes people don't, no, no, you will receive the Spirit of God living in you. Parkview, may we be a people who live by the presence and power of God, amen? Let's pray here together. God, thanks for today. Thanks for giving us time to study and time to sing and just focus our hearts towards you. God, thank you for the opportunity to, to bounce off of a, a story in a movie that we know. We're familiar with Ghostbusters and all the supernatural talk. And God, thanks for allowing us to get into your word and think about the supernatural way that you live inside of us. That, that we don't have all of you. There's plenty of you to go around. But what we have inside is all you, pure Holy Spirit inside of us. God, now as we sing, as we lift our voices to you, I pray that you would feel as close to us as you have felt in a long, long time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.